0: All right. Thank you, worship team, for serving Jesus so wonderfully this morning and pointing us to the Lord. Thank you very much. All right. So, Roland's going to be sharing the word for us. He needs no introduction. Does everybody know Roland? (laughs) All right. You can go for it, Roland. It's been it's been five weeks since I preached in this congregation. So if you don't know who I am, I'll be okay with that. We had a wonderful men's meeting this week where the guys got together, and uh, I was amazed how people actually responded to what God was doing. Um, Pretty much sort your gardens out. I was going to start with that, but I think I'll leave it till the end. Acts 3 and verse 19. This morning, first of all, I took off my Soviet jacket. A lot better than a K-way jacket. A lot more expensive as well. But I took it off because I didn't want to embarrass the guys with their k way jackets. That jacket of mine, I bought it in Gauteng when we first moved up there from Nelspratt. So that was 1999. And... uh, it got to the place where it couldn't close in the front. It was like, I used to wear it like open. And uh, so it didn't really help in terms of cold. It looked cool, but it didn't help. It didn't keep you warm. And uh, with with the help of my heart, I've managed to get my weight down that I can actually wear that jacket pretty easily. And so, yeah... There's another jacket. I've worn it, Joe, before. I'm going to start wearing it again. My leather jacket. Khao Teng. That is the jacket to wear. And a tie. You know what jeans... Somebody going to say something. You like my jeans? Oh, they're cool, eh? I had to get stretchy jeans because the other ones were like this. Patty used to say they're like they're like a you got a drawl in your brook. <laughs> if you're offended, put your hand up. Oh, there's not too many of you. <laughs> uh, and I couldn't say that about her, so I had to get new jeans. Um, sorry I pulled that weed out of my garden (laughs) That likes to tease and joke you know what the Lord spoke to me about teasing and joking and he said you can do it at the beginning of your preach I really felt this but don't do it during your preach because you can break the moment where the Holy Spirit's trying to speak to people so that's why when I start you're always going to laugh a little bit and then we're going to get serious Acts 3 and verse 19, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out. If you've got, if you got, a, if you got a, a pen or pencil and you can change that, re, change wiped out to removed. All the R's, repent, removed, That times of refreshing R may come from the Lord And that he may send a Messiah who has been appointed for you, even Jesus. Heaven must receive our until time comes for God to restore our everything as he has promised long ago through his holy prophets. That word restore is the word of like it once was, I'm going to make it like that again. And if we look at the book of Acts, we see what that means. We're always, we always get a bit uh, I, I used to a bit like oh, the, the book of Acts the, the church there was the baby church and we've grown so much but really if we compare ourselves to that book of uh, that church in the book of Acts we need restoration we need God to get us back to the place where we can move forward and on so to restore God has called us to be a prophetic people I look at people and you talk about prophecy and the first thing they think about is what happens on a Sunday at the front of the church. Yes, that is the prophetic. Or they talk about when someone comes up and they're praying for them and God gives them a word and then they're able to bring that word and that's the prophetic. Folks, I want to say to you that the prophetic is actually a lifestyle. It's the way we live. It's not what we speak, it's what we live. So the prophetic is the ability to see, prepare for, and become the future. So for me at this moment in time, the future is the church in the book of Acts. If we can get back there, we are living in the future. The church must deal with things in the present that will hinder us from embracing the future now. The prophetic words did that this morning. They, they, they said, uh, we need to deal with sin. Guys, we need to deal with sin. When we sin, we need to deal with it quickly, otherwise it'll kill us. Compromise. Maybe what I did now, now was a bit of Compromise. Tradition. When I was in Durbanville, many people in that that congregation came to the Lord during the week. And if you say why, it's because many of those people came from the Enchir church. And they actually believed that they were born again. Until they started to get teach the teaching of the word into them, and then they would realize hey, we're actually not born again. We haven't done what God's word says we must do. And so uh, many of the people there, on on a Sunday you wouldn't see anyone getting saved, but most people got saved under recommitment during the week. But it actually wasn't recommitment, it was salvation. Humanistic Deception. How often do we find ourselves listening to people that are living outside of the word and saying what they believe is true? I won't even go there this morning. That's a whole preach just on its own. On people that are being deceived. I had a friend, and please, this doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with psychologists. And He wasn't a friend, he was actually my elder down in Nelspruit before I went to Benoni. And uh, he came to me and he said, Roland, I, I, as he was longer and longer an elder, he said, Roland, I'm struggling to be a psychologist because two people will come to me living together and they will say, can you try and keep us together because we're having problems? And so now what do you do if you're a born-again believer, if somebody says that to you? It's okay if, for me, if people come to you and ask you to help them, that they find themselves in a place of marriage and they move forward from there. But we can't, uh, we can't encourage them to, to live together, we can't. We must deal with sin. You know what? So often we want to give sin another name. We can't do that. And we, we make a whole lot of excuses to actually allow that sin to continue to be a part of our life. And much of our sin comes out of our mouth. And what comes out of our mouth normally results in the lifestyle that we live. The actions that we take. We can't continue to do that stuff. We, if we want to be part of that church that's in the future, we've got to begin to take care of these things that we find in the now, in the present. Self control. Something I fight with all the time self control. But when you fall, you need to repent and you need to allow God to come into your life and work in your life. You know what a big one is? Because Patty and I, we involved in ministry with quite a few people, not only in this congregation, but in Josh Jen itself. You get people that want to blame their past for what they're doing now. Listen, if I wanted to blame my past for how I'm living now, I'd be in a serious problem. Because we look for excuses. Oh, I was like that, now I'm going to be like this. I've heard people say, oh yeah, but they've grown so much, I don't care how much they've grown. They need to find themselves in a place where they're living for God and they're living as if they are a part of the church that we see in the book of Acts. Some of you are smiling at me. I won't say who. You don't want another one. This is like, for me, this is ridiculous. And both my parents weren't saved. We blame our parents for the way that we are. You know what? Even if growing up something happened with you and your father that shouldn't have happened, you can't just carry it and carry it and carry it. You've got to deal with it and you've got to move on. You can't carry it. People want to, oh, my dad, my dad gave me a hiding and made me sit in the corner, so I felt abandoned. You're laughing. That's what people say to us. Or, obviously, we try and help the parents if they are in the church. Oh, my mom sent me to the bathroom and I had to sit there until she called me out and I felt like God abandoned me. No. Your mother, your father is not God. Bottom line. Yes, there are those feelings of abandonment and we can deal with those and we can move on, but we can't blame God that he abandoned us now because our mom and our dad sent us to the room. Folks, if you're here this morning and you are a parent and you do that, I want to say to you that you're going to hurt your child. You're going to hurt your child. You need to discipline, but you need to discipline in a godly manner. Not in a way that's going to bring pain and hurt further down the road. And because of where the country is now, I can't really tell you how to do that. If you come and talk to me, I'll help you. I've got three boys that are, two of them serve the Lord, one of them doesn't, but they are obedient. When I talk to them, I was not a maths father. You better do this now. I'm going to count. One, two, three. No, 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 you do it now. I taught them. Look, there are some, there are children that that need special attention. I'm not telling you to treat, you've got to treat each child the way that you believe God wants you to treat them. You better go to the word of God and you better find in God's word how you should be looking after them. And it's different to everyone. Don't tell me, oh, there's only one way. No, there isn't. There isn't. For a start, you can spend time in prayer asking God, how do I look after this child? He's different to other children. And I'm sure that God, it's God, God is a father and he's got a heart for children to be looked after in the correct way. So stop blaming your parents and get help. Get those things behind you so that you can walk forward. Some people carry these things forever. We, we, we pray for them, we help them, we pray for them, we help them, we pray for them, we help them. Oh, no, man. Yes, sometimes it takes a bit longer, but there needs to be a progress all the time. I've, I've said to our elders, shepherding is not sitting here going around the mountain shepherding is moving those people forward every time you minister to them you move them further along that's what the prophetic church does God's attitude towards the world he hates it and those that want to be friends of the world they're going to end up being hated by God People take God's word too lightly. When God says something, He means it. He doesn't give you the choice to decide what you believe and what you don't. I preached once in a in a church, and I took an extra Bible. In in those days, it was like fifteen rand for that NRV black-covered Bible. And I stood up at the front and I said, "So you don't believe this, and you don't believe this." The one that I pulled the biggest out was, so you don't believe in tithing. The prophetic church is more concerned with the conformity to the purpose of God than the comfort of the people. We can't worry how comfortable people are. You know what, if you're too comfortable, then I'm being too soft. Because you should all be sitting on the edge of your chair and thinking, am I going to leave now i am going to stay? When the general consensus is, I'm just so comfortable. No, there's a problem. You need to be uncomfortable in the church. I remember when, before I preached, I would sit there every week and I think, oh, here it comes now. Boom. I remember I remember Peter Hound Brown preaching, and we were all like sagging down in our chairs, and he said, Sit up, I want you to take this right between the (laughs) eyes. Romans 12 and verse 2. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind. That by testing you may discern what is the will of God. What is good and acceptable and perfect. Prophetic people are an obedient people. I've said that before. God's love language is obedience. Not, oh, should I do it? Shouldn't I do it? What, what should I do with this? Uh, I think it'll be okay if, if, if I don't deal with that right now. No, let me tell you, God wants you to deal with it right now. If you're in a place of sin, you're sitting there today. When I say this, it should be boom, but by the end of the service, you've dealt with it. Your heart is clear. You've 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 managed that thing in God. We obedience over our personal preferences. I remember for ages I, I loved I, I love sport. I I will miss no sport. I'll miss everything else. It was like the law. Even if we lost. And that was a lot of the time. Because I serve Man United. I don't serve. I I, I watch Man United and they beat Liverpool. Oh, now there's silence. (laughs) But a lot of the teams that I I watched, that I I enjoyed, yeah, supported, uh, they didn't win for a while. It was terrible. And you know what? I I, I used to get so uptight. Patty knew that if I watched sports on a Saturday afternoon, when we go to church on Sunday morning, I'm miffing. I'm like, hey, this is not supposed to happen. God, don't you love me? I'm blaming you. But you know what? I've got to the place now where I will record it if I can. I'll watch it later. It's not the same. Sport live is what you need. But it doesn't drag me down anymore. Especially when they won. Like yesterday. (laughs) The prophetic church is not passive, it's not asleep, it's not apathetic, but it is on our front foot. Something that we discussed at the, at the men's uh, meeting is prophetic words come through the ladies all the time. All the men are like, well, at least Leon didn't let the side down today. He leads the men's meeting, that's why he was up (laughs) there. But really, we need to, men, we need to stand, the prophetic church, we see the men leading from the front and their wives right close into their kidneys. Listen, for me to get, if if I didn't push the way I did, I'd have to backslide to get behind Patty. She's like, pushing but then there are times when I'm dragging I'll say to her what did you read in your devotional today oppa I'll come back to you with that one later she'll go and I'll see you during the day she'll in amongst uh, Luke she keeps her eyes very clean by the way all the time the the garden is clean. The weeds are gone. Am I right, but As You pulled the weeds out the other day. I was very impressed, because my job is to cut the lawn and trim the edges. Her job is to get rid of the weeds. And boy, do I get miff if those weeds don't get taken out. But it's not often. I, th- I think you get miff quite often. Eh? God's prophetic people should never be caught unaware. Guys, we need to be walking around asking God, what are you wanting? What are you wanting me to do today? How, how can you do it? Being a pastor, it's quite difficult to get into contact with those that are not Christians, unfortunately. So for me, you can ask Patty, my first thing at the cashier, I'll go with her to go to the cashier. I say to her, so what does your name mean? I laugh the previous time the guy gave us the name and it meant no more boys because the parents had like four boys and, the, and the, his name was no more boys when did we go to the shop? the other day we went to the shop and the lady's name is no more girls Said a very special name I said oh I know that but I'm looking for boys and girls in the kingdom of God, God says. Take every opportunity, every single opportunity. Don't miss them. They may, they may feel foolish, but even the, the petrol attendant, the other night at, at uh, where's that place we ate? Ocean Basket. No. No, there was two different people. Prophetic people have no fear. You don't care what's going to happen, but you're going to bounce back. I allowed myself to get out of shape. Sugar messed my heart, the veins up in my heart. I, the, the whole thing was a really terrible incident, and... Uh, I came back from that. I've come back from it stronger because I determined in my heart I will be resilient. Resilient, the definition is the ability to bounce back. You take a sponge and you squash it like that and then you let it go. Jumps back. Not like press stick. You pull it and it goes... Isaiah, the prophet, do you know how he died? They hollowed out a log and they jammed him in there. You read about it in Hebrews 11, and they cut him in half. Ephesians 3 and verse 10, his intent was that now, through the church, the manifold wisdom of God would be known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realms. So I'm gonna give you a whole lot of peas now. The prophetic church must be proclaiming, praying, praising, partaking, preparing, planning, progressing. Get the get the recording. Okay, you didn't even get it. Okay. Proclaiming, challenging, and comforting the church. Inter- praying, interceding for the church and the lost. Praising, declaring what God has done thankfully. We did this this morning. Declaring what He will do, celebrating who and what He is. Partaking priesthood. Everyone involved, men, women, I laugh at my granddaughter. She just wants to be like her grand. And so she just wants to prophesy all the time. So at Sunningdale, which is probably the biggest congregation in Georgetown, she's like, give me a chance. Give that mark to me. Daniel and Sam had to eventually like just calm her down. She was there. She's up on the front prophesying. For... Preparing for the future and the return of Jesus. If he walked in now, what would happen? I think most of us would just be on our face. Oh Lord, we have let you down. Planning, progressing constantly, being pushing forward, being changed. Romans 12.1 Responding to what God is restoring. And so apostolic Christianity was prophetic right from the start. And we read about that in Acts 2.42. It says, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. How did they become a devoted people? If you go and read in Acts 2.38, it says they were baptized in the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you, if you are not full of the Spirit, you're going to struggle to live that life. You are going to struggle. And if you haven't repented and been baptized, there's no ways that you can live there because you're not part of the church. So one of those things that says, we devote ourselves to the breaking of bread. We devote ourselves to the breaking of bread. 1 Corinthians 11, 26. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. We actually proclaim the fact that Jesus Christ died on the cross for us when we partake of this. Vaughn, I don't know if you oaks want to move there. They're going to trip over the... I just, I don't want us tripping over Vaughan's cables. You'll get upset with us. So there there are three things this morning as we break biscuits and drink grape juice. It doesn't matter what it is. There are three things. The first thing is we're looking for unity. Paul, when he writes in 1 Corinthians 11, he actually says your meetings are doing more harm than good because there's divisions among you. So, th- so this morning, before you partake, sit there, bend your head down. Lord, is there something that I have against someone? I want to walk in a place that I'm good with you. Next thing, looking for purity. The word says don't partake if there's sin in your life. Do not partake if there's sin in your life. And then the last one is we're looking to proclaim Jesus' death upon the cross. But I want to say to you this morning as, as we pray don't only proclaim his death but proclaim his resurrection out of the grave he's no longer in the grave I see people with crosses around their neck with Jesus on there he's not on the cross anymore he's off there he's seated at the right hand of the Father and he's making intercession for us this morning so I wonder if you just bow your heads quickly this morning If you are this morning and you've never made a decision to surrender your life to Jesus Christ, I want to encourage you this morning to do that. I want to encourage you strongly to do that. If you have given your life to the Lord, I want to pray this morning that you're going to come up here and say, I, if you have not been baptized, then you want to say, I want to be baptized. And then Luke's going to do it in the swimming pool. Now, that, that's a bit of a joke. We'll make it to you. But you need to be born again. You need to be baptized. And then the third thing is you need to be baptized in the Holy Spirit. You need to say, Holy Spirit, come and baptize me this morning. The Word says that Jesus baptizes us in the Holy Spirit. So before we partake this morning, I wonder, is, is there anyone that falls into those three categories? I want you to be courageous. I want you to say, this is my moment. This is, I'm going to step up and I'm going to allow God to work in my life. Is there anyone like that? You, you, you're not born again. You, you haven't been baptized in water. You haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit. See, no one like that. If you are like that and you, you just being you are intimidated by the amount of people that are sitting here, you can come and chat to one of the elders, Donnie or Luke or um Johandre, and we can help you pray through those things. But this morning, as we, we look to breaking bread, we're looking for unity. If you have anything against anyone and I'm not talking about you in the church. If you have something against someone outside of this church, your, your mom, your dad, your your sister, your brother, if you have something against someone, I want you to repent of that this morning. And when you've repented, when you leave this place, I want you to go and sort it out. Even if it's a WhatsApp or it's a Whatever, But you've got to do something. You can't break bread and stay in a place of not being in a place of unity. You can't. God will judge you. Then purity. If, 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 if there's sin in your life this morning, whatever the problem is, if there's sin in your life this morning, I want you to say, Lord, I repent. I repent of this. And I want you to tell someone else, not if there's somebody here that you trust, tell them now. Don't leave it. Those that leave it find themselves going back to it. When you tell somebody else, you're then accountable. And so people can watch over you with prayer. And then the last thing is that we proclaim the death of Jesus Christ. Because we read as Paul says, you proclaim, it's actually a prophetic statement, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. So, this morning, Lord, I thank you for these three areas, Lord. I thank you that we are dealing in our heart right now with these three things that, Lord, You are in control of our life. You are in control. And, Lord, give us the strength to be able to do what is needed this morning in the name of Jesus. So as... uh, So as we continue, are we going to sing a song or not? Are you just going to play? What are you going to do? Justine's like, okay, you do what you have to do, we'll do what we have to do. So, if we could come up and take some of these, take one of these glasses and some of this cracker, good for husband and wife to share cracker And as we we do this, let's thank God for what He has done in our lives. Okay, let's do it. Okay, guys, we can...